We're going through a series here in his own words. We're using the words of Jesus Christ to speak to us. And, uh, um, you know, his words, as Javier put it um, pretty, pretty uh, plainly last week, is um, very direct. But, you know, he, he comes to us in love. Um, even sometimes anger is out of love, right? When you have to scold a kid or, or get things right, sometimes it's manifested from love. So um, this, is, uh, this is in the Sermon on the Mount. And, uh, I mean, this, these, these words are, are pretty impactful. And um, just uh, my, my introduction this morning, when we were kids, um, I was privileged enough to have um, a group of cousins that were like siblings to me. And I had uncles that were like fathers, aunts that were like mothers. You know, I was all confused as a kid. I didn't really know. When they put down guardian parents, I didn't really know who to write down. I just put down Phelps. All right. <laughs> So, um, but we got to be really, really close, and um, there were some age gaps. You know, Kelly and Brandon are, are where they were born in 70, Brooke was next, 72, I was 73, Brock and Gretchen were 74, and then I guess Natalie was after that. I can't, I don't know what year she was born. Um, 78, okay. <laughs> so uh, that was kind of the group there. And we, we made a club. Papa let, gave us a room out in the barn. And uh, he, we made a clubhouse out there. And uh, Kelly and Brandon, being the type of people that they are, they declared themselves to be president of this club. <laughs> I don't ever remember taking a vote. And uh, our first act was to burn the parliamentary procedure book, get rid of that thing, okay? And then they held that, you know, that membership over our heads. And, and when I look back on it, I can't believe I was that dumb where Kelly would say, hey, go get me a soda. I'd be like, get your own soda. He'd be like, well, you're fired from the club. I'd be like, well, don't fire me. Well, go get me a soda then. Okay. And then you'd get, you'd get fill, your fill of it, and you'd go tell Papa. And Papa had the best line ever. And he'd get mad, and he said, I do the hiring and the firing. <laughs> but um, when I think, and then somehow uh, there was a business person that somehow got a, like something from a letter from our um, club and they they gave it to Kelly like at his law office I don't know what this is but it, it was just the strangest thing you know as a kid you get or as an adult you get something that you wrote as a kid and we had all signed it or something I don't know pledging our loyalty to Kelly and Brandon and it's just insane okay but there is one word that jumps out from all of that and it's nominal <laughs> their presidency was absolutely nominal they had no meaning, never had an election. They just, a way for them to, to bully us and hold us over, over our head and stuff. And, and, you know, they were more mature and obviously smarter than us. And so they used that, okay? And uh, this, is, this is an epidemic, in my opinion, okay? And I think, um, I think Christianity is moving into a nominal stage. And, I mean, we... Uh, we are driven so much by our, our emotions, and we are uh, so easily enraged. And, and, and I, I'm not picking on a side because, as far as I can see, the whole spectrum's crazy all across it. We used to have like a, a sane middle. That, they're crazy too, okay? 
everybody's crazy and, and upset and mad and, and, and all this. And, and we all go to our own little channels and, and, and people, and they get paid big, big bucks to fire us up, to hate our neighbors and our friends and all that stuff. And it's just craziness, and it's just craziness, okay? And uh, um, I, I worry that it bleeds into not only into the church, but also into our relationships, into our personal relationship with Jesus Christ, all right? And uh, I, I'm fearful that um, we're raising a generation of uh, nominal Christians, and um, there's just a lot of danger that comes when your relationship with Jesus Christ is not built on biblical principles, on biblical foundation, and you don't have an authentic, genuine, life-changing interaction with Jesus Christ, and then you don't have that relationship from then on as it moves forward because you act out of love towards a Savior who died for you. And we, some, and we have gotten to a place where we are so self, and I'm, I tell you this every week, I'm preaching to me. You guys just get to watch it, okay? But we are so selfish, and, and I think about how amazed I am sometimes when people come and, and say, well, our prayers were answered, uh, he, you know, and it's like, why am I surprised? I should just be, you know, no, it's like thankful that I knew God was going to come through. But, you know, I call them microwavable prayers. They're quick, easy, you know. And so this is a pretty direct, this pretty direct verbiage here. This is right, Matthew 7, 21. And uh, he's talking and, and he says, uh, this, this, just so you know, this TV's not, not working. So I'm, I'm going to have to adjust my eyeballs to that one there, okay? Presbyopia or whatever it's called. Now everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven but he who does the, the will of my Father in heaven, okay? So he's laying it out. And this, this is extreme um, language. And he's saying, you know, everyone who cries out to me or speaks in my name or, or it, you know, they are not going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Those who enter into the kingdom of heaven are those who do the will of God the Father. So let's just lay it out straight. Okay, you guys have a conversation with yourself, as I've been having this conversation with myself all week. Are you active, and just ask yourself this, are you actively seeking the will of God in your life? Or are you on a personal, selfish, this is what I want out of life track? And sometimes that's high speed rail. You know what I'm saying? That's high speed rail, that, that track is, Okay. So you have to ask yourself, am I actively seeking God's will in my life? Am I getting up each and every day, dying into myself, and then picking up that burden, that cross that he's laid before me? Okay, that's a big deal. We're here for a purpose. Each and every one of us are here for a purpose. If you're still alive, you're here for a reason or reasons. And, you know, we got to live this life. You only get one shot. It's kind of, it's kind of sad. You only get one shot at this thing. There's no reboot. There's no, you know, play again or extra, extra life, any of that kind of stuff. Okay? There, you get one shot at it. And mistakes happen. I get it. And you can't, you can't keep putting yourself on the cross for things you did in the past. We got to move forward. We got to do it with what God is calling us to do in the best kind of way, in the, in the most true kind of way that we can. 
But to know what that is, we have to, we have to develop that relationship with Jesus Christ. We have, to, um, we have to get in tune with him so we can hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. And I, I'm, I'm just telling you, we, we have got to start seeking God's will in our life. Thanks. I'm going to have to step down. I can't see that. I'm sorry. Then it says, many will say to me in that day, okay, on the judgment day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? This is pretty, this is, man, this is crazy, crazy um, scripture, crazy language, because, uh, you know, people show miracles and show stuff like this as evidence that they're the truth and that they're following the truth. And here's the thing, sometimes... Sometimes God uses, you know, he uses all kinds of things to further his will. What's it say? If, if, the, if we stop praising Jesus, the rocks will cry out to him. I mean, just because someone is doing things and they're calling it out in the name of Jesus does not make them the truth. We have to test every spirit and we have to do our homework and we have to know when falsehood is being given to us. But in order to do that, we have to be Bible students. We have to understand what the Bible says, and we have to be on that track to where we can't be derailed off of what God's will is in our life. And sometimes we're so easily swayed from what we're supposed to do by someone who has no interest in us, doesn't want to see anything good in our lives, doesn't care, and you know they're just in it for themselves. And it, regardless of the language they use, not everybody's going to go to heaven. That's just the way it is. Not every, that's not a popular thing to say. Okay, but that is the truth, and as your pastor, I have to tell you that, is that not everybody is going to go to heaven, even people who cry out in, in God's name. And then he will have to say and declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Okay? So what, what is nominal Christianity? All right, nominal, nominalism, first of all, is the possession of a baseless name, title, belief, or description. Kind of like what we were talking about. Their presidency was useless, okay? And it, it was baseless. It wasn't built on anything. And then at the end of it, it just wasn't real. So when we apply this to a Christianity, nominal Christianity, and nominal Christians, they don't possess a trusting, faithful dependent relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me ask you this, okay? How dependent are you on Jesus Christ? Because it's easy to to get away from that in this day and age. It really is. I mean, you can go to Walmart, you know, get your groceries, get your oil changed, your tires rotated, um, get a haircut, get a loan, and what else they got going on in there? Get your oh, get your glasses, which I need. I'm not wearing glasses anymore. I've seen enough. My jokes got better when I became a dad for some reason. Yeah, pharmacy, get all your drugs. That's that one place. And if I mean, and if you're making enough money to pay your Amron bill, 
I'm sorry. I, I'm, I got a little beef with Amron right now. I got to get over it. We're praying about it. Join me as I pray that I will forgive Amron. My goodness. <laughs> sorry. I've been in a rabbit hole all day. Sunday school was madness. It was just absolute madness. I need my Ritalin or something. Or something. But what was I even talking about? Oh, but I mean, how do, sometimes, we, sometimes we're so self, self-sufficient. We don't really need, you know, and then and, and we're like the, Javier had me preach one night this week, and he gave me the scriptures, and it was about, you know, the, the Pharisee who prayed. So thank you that I'm not an extortioner, a murderer, an adulterer, or like this tax collector over here. And the tax collector was over there just beating on his chest, saying, I don't deserve anything. I don't deserve anything. Who left justified? Well, the Pharisee didn't need Jesus. He did it all on his own, evidently. He was pretty impressed with himself. The tax collector, he needed Christ. So sometimes when we talk about fasting, I remember it's probably been probably 20, probably more than 20 years since the last time we did a, like a team fasting here. Um, if, you've, if you've ever done that, you'll get real needy real, in, a, in, in a quick kind of way, man. When, I mean, you've got to feed me every three hours or else I turn into a different person. My blood sugars get to a different level, okay? But, I mean, we have to have this dependent relationship with Jesus Christ, where we rely on him for everything. And this is a relationship, it is only made possible because of Christ, and I want you to see that word there, propitiation. It's just a fancy word. It stands for, it, it, it's kind of got two meanings here. His sacrifice that he does on the cross, okay? But it takes it a step further because it actually pays for or cures or stops the wrath of God that we deserve. Now, I, this, is, this is an important word that we understand this. The Bible uses this word a lot towards Christ and what he did. Not only was he our perfect sacrifice and he paid our price, but you understand he, he stopped the wrath from God and took it on himself. Is this what that song that we sang, okay? And that's when he cries out, why have you forsaken me? Okay, he did that for each and every one of us. He did it for us. He's our savior. He is our Lord and savior And it's time that we live in a relationship that truly reflects that we know and understand and accept him as our Lord and Savior. Okay, what causes nominalism? What would make us start moving towards that? Well, it's easy, right? It's easy to do. Isn't that the greatest sales pitch ever? Buy this and it's easy. First of all, when they say that, they're lying to you, all right? And it does not require... A change in your life. But here's, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing that, that, I'm, that I see. Is that we, we don't really require ourselves to change. But we require everybody around us to change, to adapt to our likes and acceptance, right? Or am I just out of my mind here today? Huh? You guys are awfully quiet today. Uh, I, I hated writing this sermon. Because it's in your face, right? What else? can just be environmental. And uh, I think for a while I was here. Environmental, it's just custom, it's just your culture. I mean, my dad was a gospel singer. I was in church all the time, okay? Um, Mom and dad brought me to church like 
four days after I was born. Been coming to this church ever since. And I mean, it's just part of your culture. It's, you know, you learn the words, you learn how to speak it, you learn how to say it, you learn how to do the things that you're doing. And then as you're doing the things, saying the right words and doing all that, everybody around you is like, well, he's okay. He's saying the right words, doing the right things, standing when he's supposed to. You know, he shows up at church, does when he's supposed to. All right. But, you know, does that really mean that I had a, a, a dependent personal relationship with Jesus Christ? And the answer to that is not always. I'll just be honest with you. If, if, as long as I didn't get caught drinking or impregnate a girl, I was probably going to be straight. And that's ugly to say, I know, but those were kind of the, the rules. Don't, don't come home on those, you know. So as long as I kept clean or, or out of trouble and stuff, everybody just, well, he comes to church. And that's scary. So, so you're, I know, because I'm, I'm a parent, and, and you, you know, you guys are parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and all that. So you're asking, like, what are we doing here? Like, how, well, how do I know? Okay. Well, that means that we got to have a relationship with our kids and those who depend on us, see the word? That reflects the relationship that we have with Christ. Because then we'll get to know and we'll have conversations with them. I mean, Tori graduated from high school and I haven't seen her since, okay? But there was a couple of nights ago, maybe a week or two ago, where she just came home and we sat at the kitchen table and we had like a two or three hour, and it was, it was the best time I've had in a long time, okay? Just talking to her again. She was so busy, you know, running here and there, ripping and running, all that stuff. And, um, but we have, we have to build these relationships. And as we start to bring more stuff back on Wednesday night, my goodness, who do those kids talk to? Huh? Where do they go? Who's checking in on them? And then the best thing I see, and I'll just, I'll just shoot you straight. There are some people in this church that have had some prayer buddies for 20, 30 years. And you know what I can always tell about those people? They are spiritually mature. You know why? Because they have accountability. They got a partner. They got people depending on them. They got a friendship. They find love. They find trust and faith. Man, that's, that's the gospel, right? Huh? You want to grow? Find you someone you can trust and make them a prayer partner. And you guys pray and you build a relationship. And I promise you that you'll come out of it more spiritually mature. And we have to invest in our marriages. We have to invest in our kids. And it's, it's the old ugly word, time. That's what it takes, time and effort. The biggest lie we tell ourselves is that we'll have time. And we never do, do we? I don't, at least. And also it can be caused by a legalistic, fundamental approach to Christianity. Just check off the rules. You stay out of trouble, and you do this, and we're good. Now, I'm not saying go out there and break the rules, but what I am saying is that if you develop a proper, dependent relationship with Jesus Christ, then you don't want to break the rules. You want to serve. You want to do the things that he's calling you to do. You know why? Because you're in his will. You're doing the things that he's asking you to do. Ask yourself, are you seeking the will of God in your life? And then ask yourself, 
Are you in danger of moving into a nominal type of relationship? This is a tough sermon. These are tough scripture. Jesus didn't pull punches. Jesus was upfront and honest, and, and he laid it out. You know why? Because he loved us so much, he was going to the cross to die for us. He wasn't playing games. And we can't play games with our relationship with Jesus Christ. We've got to get that one right, or else you're going to hear those awful words that are declared. My translation says that he declares it. Depart from me, for I never knew you. You know what that means? There's no relationship there. There's none. He, you don't even know him. But we did this and we did that. Hmm? What about what about ism? You ever heard of that one? No matter what you say to somebody, they got another another side of it, and, and you just go back and forth. Well, what about him? Well, what about him? Well, what about him? Okay. So ask yourself: Are you truly seeking the will of God in your life? This is. Actually, a situation in the Bible, and Jesus brings it up pretty straight. Revelation, the third chapter, these are the seven letters written to the seven churches. And uh, he lays it out. He says uh, to the ones that had good things going on, this is what you're doing good, and then this is what you're doing bad. All right, not much good here. This is the letter of Sardis, a city in the Middle East there. And it says, and to the angel of the church, I'm guessing that's the the head elder or the, the minister type. Write these words. These things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. We're talking about Jesus Christ here. If you look in Revelation, all this will be read. I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive because of your works, the things that you do. It looks like you're alive. You put on a good show, but what's the verdict? You are dead. It's tough, isn't it? I'm going to have you stand this morning. We can't play around anymore with our relationships. We've got to get them straight. We've got to get them right. We're building a foundation for the future church, the future Christians to come in and build on. We've got to use good material so that our layer of foundation is solid and they can withhold the strain and the burdens of the, of the generations to come. Aren't you glad that the people before us used good material? huh? Because we're standing pretty solid on some, on some good foundation here. All right? So it's our time to do it. It's our time to make a difference in our community. It's our time to deepen our relationship with Jesus Christ, to deepen our relationship with our spouses, with our kids. It's time to deepen relationships. It all stems and starts with our relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning in to Star Church's sermon. We truly hope that the sermon edified you today and brought you closer to the Lord. For more information about Star Church, visit our website at stargbchurch.com. Once again, that's stargbchurch.com. If you would like to visit our church, our address is 4925 State Road 142 North, El Dorado, Illinois 62930. We now pray that God will bless you as you enter the mission field and bring his word to the world. And as always, we will see you next time here at Star Church.